0: hi it's me again um it's been a little while since you've heard from me and i am here with caroline to fill you in on what's new with life what are we doing with the podcast what's new with us um when are we getting new episodes well clearly you've gotten one so i hope that's better but um give you the plan for the future um i've heard people asking me is the podcast done um Is it canceled? No, nobody's giving us money anyway, so it's not like they can cancel it. Um, It's just that in the very beginning, I wanted the podcast to be in short, um, doable seasons. I don't like podcasts, or at least I feel overwhelmed with podcasts that have, you know, 500 episodes to one season. I'm like, where do I even start? And so this way hopefully you can find episodes better um, within the season if you want to share them or listen to them again, Um, and it gives us the ability to uh, give you quality content. Um, This little break uh, before season 2, which is coming soon, um, allows us to interview some really fantastic people, which I'll highlight later on tonight so thanks for jumping on here with me tonight Caroline
1: happy to be here
0: uh so one of the other things that we wanted to do tonight is kind of catch you up on our life right now yeah so what's new (laughs)
1: um so I have transitioned into a new full-time job I am working at our local Humane Society in a management position, which is really exciting. means I get, uh, it's basically an office job um, where I'm working kind of your standard nine to five schedule. Um, I get weekends off, which is really nice. And Finn gets to come to work with me sometimes. So all around a good move.
0: That sounds like a pretty sweet deal.
1: I'm, I've been really happy with it. And Finn also has.
0: Good. Um, I am officially a credentialed North Carolina paramedic. Uh, The one trick to that is that I live in South Carolina and work in South Carolina. So, um, it's a huge relief to be done with paramedic school. It's a huge relief to be a paramedic, um, but the work never stops. Now I have to do continuing education. Um, I have to do um, all kinds of other stuff that keeps me current in my skills, so it never really stops. At least I'm not making that drive uh, twice a week um, for a -hmm. total of eight hours on the road, uh, which is very, very nice. Uh, It's amazing how much time I was spending of my life just driving that I have free now. Um, So now I just wait on the uh, state office to catch up with the fact that I'm a paramedic, um, get all the paperwork sent through so that I can start working as one here in South Carolina. So that's a pretty big thing. Um, Pretty big update for us. Um, What about the
1: cats? So um, for those of you who don't know, um, we did mention um, that we had, uh, you know, Finn, Sansa, and Nix. And then we had a kitten named Rory when we started this. And unfortunately... Um, right, um, kind of mid January, uh, Rory, uh, was diagnosed with juvenile lymphoma and, um, unfortunately there is no treatment for that. So Rory, um, is no longer with us, um,
0: which was a very fast development. Um, it went pretty much 72 hours from finding out that she was sick. Um, to saying goodbye to her, which was very fast. It progressed very quickly. It was very aggressive. Um, So we're glad that she is at peace. Um, But we have some good updates with that as well, right?
1: Yes. We have added a couple new members to the pack, Um, one of which is a kitten named Willow. She is a spunky little calico. And she is the cutest little thing. We've also added um, kind of a surprising addition. We weren't really planning on it, but she is with us now. Her name's Minerva and she's three years old. She's like a medium to long hair, um, kind of uh, more timid cat.
0: She's a princess. She is,
1: she is She is a princess. Um, she's been a mom before so she's very mature and she's really starting to come out of her shell and shows her personality which is really fun just uh just another one in the mix
0: we love bringing um, new new chances to love into our home um I feel like we have a lot of love to give that we want to give. And um, until we give it to a human child, um, we have lots to give to for children. Yeah. Um, But on the topic of love to give, one of the coolest things that we've seen develop over the last few months um, is community, honestly. Um, I've lived in Greenville for almost three years now, something like that. I I can't remember. I remember I said in the first episode. Um, But I've lived here for a while. Um, And, you know, uh, through my life, I've had um, childhood family friends. I've had, um, as I've gotten older, I've had college friends, school friends. And as an adult, I've had work friends. But I've never had adult friends. You know, those those friends that you have over for dinner, that you share life with, I've never had strong community as an adult. Um, I think part of that is because I haven't been strongly involved in a faith community as an adult, even before I had moved away from any kind of strong religious um, viewpoint. I, I still wasn't active with religious involvement. Um, And I think that that's where a lot of people find their community. Um, If you don't have that, where do you find it? You know, work and church. Um, So it was very discouraging for me. And one of the reasons that I felt very motivated to move on to the next place, wherever that might be. Uh, But over the last few months, we've kind of built a community around us. Um, it kind of all started with one of my coworkers, um, who I've become very close with, uh, works with the, the same EMS department that I work with. Um, and we bonded over our dogs. Uh, and so one day she came over for a play date. Um, and she brought along her dog to have a play date with Finn. And it was a blast. We had so much fun. But while we were at the doggy park in my apartment complex, our apartment mm-hmm. complex, um, she, uh, it, we, we met a couple of other people who were there at the time while we were there. Um, and almost immediately, we figured out that they were our people, which is a mm-hmm. joke that Caroline and I say a lot. Um, And by our people, we basically just mean um, the kind of people that we mesh with. Personalities, um, outlook on life, um, empathy, and a progressive ideal. ideal? Progressive ideal.
1: Progressive ideals.
0: Ideals, yeah.
1: Progressive ideology.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's what I was looking for. Um, And we could tell right away that they were going to be our people. Our people. Um, and so I started talking with them, and um, now we hang out all the time. But the biggest blessing for me personally wow, biggest blessing. That is a That's phrase it. that it's a little triggering. Whew, I haven't been able to get <laughs> rid of yet. It just came out. Um, one of the coolest things to come out of this, for me at least, is an affirming community. Um right these people um are so incredibly loving and open and um most of them are not religious whatsoever um have no no religious uh, viewpoints um and yet once again i'm reminded that that's not necessary to find love and acceptance and in fact as I've learned over and over again often it's easier to find in communities without a faith tradition
1: I think it's also really big that this community is at least for me I've never had a community that was so queer friendly
0: and queer themselves and
1: It makes me feel very much like I belong in this queer community that I have kind of recently Mm -hmm. become, Mm -hmm. um, kind of fallen into. And it's not a community I've ever had. So to be around other people, that normalization and affirmation of and validation of us as a couple... And other people that are like us is really, really, it feels really good.
0: And these people are so wonderful and so committed to growing themselves, you know, personally growing, that a lot of our conversations have been very um, deep and focused, as well as having fun. Mm -hmm. We've had really cool, um, really um, healing conversations about our different experiences and how we're seeking to become better people. Through our experiences, um, and the greatest thing is, most of them live right here in our complex. Um, my coworker lives what three miles away, mm-hmm. so we we can constantly hang out and spend time together. So, uh, here's to you, all of you friends. I know you're listening to this. We love you. We're so thankful for you. And we're actually planning on having several of you on the podcast at some point. So everyone, that's something to listen (laughs) and look forward to in season two. Um, Speaking of this community, um, meeting them and talking about our shared experiences, um, as well as being one year out from our biggest conversation with each other at least about religion and faith uh, has caused us to kind of pause and look back a little bit as well as the one-year anniversary um, podcasts released by Ear Biscuit which is part of the um, mythical universe Mm -hmm. um, part of Rhett and Link's um, empire that they have built Uh, but they a year ago recorded and released episodes of their podcast, Ear Biscuit, talking about their own um, spiritual journey. It was right around the time that the word deconstruction was being coined by people like them and people like us who were at the time leaving um, evangelical Christianity. Uh, And that that podcast was a catalyst for us to have the conversation. Both of us had been wrestling with these things already, But their podcast was what triggered us having a conversation where we were able to frankly and very vulnerably share with each other where we saw ourselves um, spiritually. And now, a year later, they've released an update for them, looking back on the last year since they released those episodes. Uh, They're called The Lost Years. And I'll actually link the uh, first podcast episode that they deal with that in ours uh, so that you can find them if you'd like to learn more about that. Um, but it gave us pause. It gave us a minute to say, wow, it's been a year since we've had this deep, um, world-changing, or at least, you know, it changed our world, uh, conversation about faith and religious experience. So we wanted to take a minute a year later for us and see what's changed. So Caroline, talk to me about where you are now and how life has changed for you now that your view and now that you've reconciled the fact that your faith journey is different than the Christian experience.
1: I think the biggest Word, the the biggest thing that comes to mind is the word peace. And I mean that in a lot of different ways. I'm very at peace with the fact that I'm detached from a religious experience. and and I still, Except the fact that there could be something out there, that there could be a higher power. I don't believe that there is a hell. I'd love it if there was something magical at the end of life where you, like, started again. But I don't know if that's something like heaven or if that's me becoming a cat or you know whatever it may be
0: honestly that might be your version of heaven I'm not sure I'm not sure becoming a cat would be any worse for you than going to the pearly gates and playing a harp (laughs) on a cloud
1: ultimately I just am very apathetic to what happens after life and I think something that Christians might not see with that is that they might associate me being apathetic to the afterlife as me being okay with sin and being okay with being a terrible person. But that's not the case. I'm still striving to be a good person. I'm striving to be all the positive things that Christians claim they are. But it's on my terms and not on the terms of an antiquated text that was written by a bunch of white men.
0: And it's also not motivated by reward or punishment right you're you want to be a good person because you want to be a good person not because something waits for you at the end which i'll talk more about later i want to kind of um touch on the word apathetic that you used um earlier um, a lot of times the word apathy has a negative connotation to it mm-hmm. uh, the apathy is bad But what I hear you saying is that you, it doesn't matter to you what the afterlife looks like. You're at peace with it any way it looks.
1: Right. Exactly. I don't, I'm not basing my life and my day-to-day life on what's going to happen to me after I die. And there's something incredibly peaceful of living a life where I'm not constantly worried about the repercussions of my actions and what life looks like after death. And I've allowed myself to stop feeling concerned for that and just to live each day, enjoy each day, live my life, and just whatever happens, happens. And... On top of that, I I do think that's kind of the biggest takeaway. But on top of that, I'm very much at peace with the fact that there might not be anything that created this place. There might not be anything that is controlling any aspect of Earth, of our existence. And I know that this is going to open up room for criticism from a lot of evangelicals. But life is so much simpler and so much easier when you're not constantly having to have that internal battle of creation and existence to be able to give myself permission to not care about it and not feel guilt for not caring about it has been huge.
0: Hmm. Um, I'd like to touch on two main points that might have some subpoints along the way. <laughs> I, I, I prepared an entire dissertation. Let's go. Uh, no, there, there are a few things that I really want to touch on that I have learned in the last year. Um, as I've witnessed well as i've maintained contact with some of my friends who maintain a faith experience um and as i've witnessed the world at large in the last year and the the world that claims christianity the first thing that i've learned is that no matter what spiritual experience you or whatever Christian experience you abide by. Um, whether you believe that faith is entirely by faith, that there's no way that you can earn salvation, it is freely given to you. It is a gift, because that's that's what I've been taught. That's what many Christians have been taught. That's a fundamental concept of um, Reformed or, or um, Protestant Christianity. Or if you believe that you have a role in your own salvation, um, which is slightly more archaic, but it's still believed. um, If you believe that um, you demonstrate to God your desire to be saved, whatever version of that you ascribe to, there is... A punishment if you don't do it. And a reward if you do. Any way you cut it, any way you dissect it, any way you examine the Bible and Christianity as a whole, it is a message of carrot versus stick. It does not matter if you believe in, faith, in salvation by faith you still, if you believe in the Bible, believe that if you do what it wants of you, if you accept Jesus, if you live life according to his plan, or if you don't, you know, if you believe that once you've been saved, it doesn't matter what you do, regardless, there was still motivation for you accepting Jesus. That's the carrot. Seems pretty self-explanatory. By accepting Jesus, you receive reward. You forego eternal uh, torment, you forego, depending on what you believe, you forego um, trials in this life, Uh, you forego a lack of peace in your current existence, you forego all of these things um, by accepting the carrot, by accepting Jesus. But if you don't, and this is the part that we never talk about, In you know, positive, affirming, welcoming Christianity, neo-Christianity, we don't talk about this part, but it's still there. It's lurking in the shadows quietly. If you don't, if you don't accept Jesus, there's a stick. There's a punishment. Which means that when you are choosing Christianity, choosing Jesus, you are running away from torment, you are running away from the stick, you are running toward a reward. You're running toward the carrot. And I've seen this over and over and over again, where Christians want you to believe that, and you've been taught this, I'm sure, you've been taught that Jesus makes our life better, that Jesus' reward is free. Why wouldn't you accept it? You know, there's, there's very high pressure. Why wouldn't you accept Jesus' reward for you, Jesus' love for you, because it's free. He sacrificed so much so that you can give it. But if you don't, but if you don't, and you you spend your life given the choice, do I take the reward or the punishment? And I believe that no matter how satisfied you are in Christianity, because I've been here, I've been satisfied in Christianity, I've believed that I was getting the reward. I've been fully committed, and my place now does not detract any from the place that I was in then. I believed I was getting that reward, and yet there was some amount of fear, always a certain amount of fear, that I was still going to get the stick. It's part of the Christian experience. I know you felt that too. I know it can't just be me. I know you felt the fear, the threat of the stick. And I know that it's easy to blame that on the devil. The devil giving you doubt. The devil telling you, oh, you know, it's it's temptation. You know, you were never worthy of God's love. That's what I was taught. But that feeling is an innate part of Christianity because you can't have the reward without the punishment. So that's one of the biggest things that I've learned, one of the biggest things that I've witnessed about Christianity in the last year, looking from the outside in.
1: And I also feel like, just to kind of bounce off of something you mentioned, that that carrot and stick mentality that follows is... It contributes to the religious trauma that so many, so many people experience. Because you grow up constantly being told that if you don't do this, you're going to burn in hell, you're gonna suffer in hell, you're gonna be tortured by the devil, And you're given these really scary images.
0: But even if you aren't given those, even if you're raised in a positive Christian environment where they choose the carrot uh, message over the stick message, um, there's still an ulterior motive. There's still Mm -hmm. a motivation for doing the right thing. Um, You're being bribed. (laughs) Christianity is a bribe.
1: Exactly. And I feel like at the end of the day, that kind of behavior from the church can be really damaging.
0: Absolutely. Um, I've seen a lot of Christianity in the last year. Um, We've seen people flying a flag with Jesus' face on it right beside Nazi symbols, waving from the steps of the nation's capital threatening to tear the government down because they aren't getting their way, because they feel like they were robbed of their rights. I've seen Christianity, (laughs) the Western version of Christianity, um, portrayed very vividly in the last year. Um, The people that have used Jesus' name have been the same people who 200 years, or no, less than that, who 80 years ago lynched people from oak trees in Alabama, who 150 years ago beat people to death just because they had the power and quote-unquote ownership over them. These are the same people who threw humans off of ships because they couldn't afford to feed them anymore, because they were sick and wouldn't fetch a full price. These are the same people who wiped out entire nations because they believed it was their God-given right to occupy a land that never belonged to them. These are the same people who 500 years ago burned people who believed differently than them just because theirs was a different form of Christianity than theirs. These are the same people who throughout history have been behind the greatest atrocities in history. And the way I see it, and in and, and the, the, the last year, the hatred that we have seen firsthand that is impossible to miss, is nothing compared to everything else. It's just happening in our lifetime, so it's really hard to ignore. And it makes us see it, but it's been way worse before. This is the... the the ancestry, this is the heritage that these people want us to return to. This is what... these are the fundamentals they believe in so strongly. These horrible, horrible things committed by Christians. And when I look at that, I cannot see how the Jesus of evangelical Christianity has done any kind of good that outweighs that. Absolutely. And lastly, in the last year, I still get messages from people. (laughs) People from my past, people from my family, people who have a vested interest in my salvation because they and I were raised to believe that If you walk away from God's truth, God's word, walk away from salvation, if you choose against it, that you're lost, that you lose that salvation, that gift. And I get messages from them all the time, and they can be as passive as, I miss seeing you every week, how are you doing? All the way to, you're lost, you need to repent, Jesus is coming get these weekly. And there's something that I'd like to tell those people. You know, I, I haven't been able to tell this to them specifically when I get these messages yet. I, I show them grace because I know that they are sincere. I, I know that they believe that it is their duty to do this. Um, but every time I want to say, I didn't leave the church because I found what I was looking for and I didn't like it. I didn't leave Christianity because I had found what I had been looking for, what brought me to Christianity, and I didn't like what I saw. I left the Christian church because I knew what to look for. I've been taught my whole life what the expectation was. What to look for in goodness, in love, in support, and a beautiful community, in a beautiful life. And it wasn't there. It wasn't in the Christian church. I knew what to look for. I'd been taught what to look for. And it wasn't there. I was taught by the very people who had found none of what they were telling me to earnestly search for. I found it sitting on the couch drinking wine with my neighbors Talking about today's hard points and high points. I have found it sitting beside people in their hardest moments as they confess to me that they are experiencing domestic violence and they tell me that they are scared to talk to anyone about it because their spouse is in a position of power. I have seen it holding my friends as they get new jobs. I've seen it playing with my kitten. I've seen it saying goodbye to my kitten. But I haven't seen it at a potluck. I haven't seen it at a prayer meeting. And I sure as hell haven't seen it in a sermon preaching about the dangers of abortion. I have seen love. I have seen beauty. I have seen forgiveness. Redemption. Purity. And they're from the people that I grew up calling sluts. So if you want to ask me how I'm doing without religion, I can tell you firmly that I am experiencing life in all of its fullness. So, that said, here's to season one of Girl Found. Thank you for joining me in this adventure all along as we've gone, but this isn't it. We're so excited for season two. I've been planning this for quite some time. Um, I already have some episodes recorded, ready to go for you. Um, I'm just really making sure that everything is perfect for season two. Um, I've had the opportunity to interview people that I would never have guessed that I would get to interview. In season two, I interview a researcher and lecturer with the University of Wisconsin-Madison who speaks on uh, queer menstruation and accessibility of sexual health um, resources for the queer community. Um, I speak with a new friend of mine who talks about health resources as a trans man, specifically in the upstate. Um, I speak with a friend of mine who experienced uh, the health program at Weimar Institute and the challenges there, and we dive into that next chapter um, in the narrative portion of my life, Um, how I went from homeschooled, sheltered kid to... Um, living in a cult compound, um, the growing up that I experienced there, the exposure to the world that I experienced at the same time, and some of the things that I was wrestling through that time. Darkest chapter of my life, but also the area, I believe, the time of my life that I grew the most. Um, that's coming up, I speak with people who experienced it with me. I interview our therapist, our couples therapist, um, and talk to her about um, mental health access for queer people. Um, And we have so many more interviews, so many more stories for you. I'm so thankful that you've chosen to join me on this journey. I didn't know how many people were going to listen to it. I didn't know how many cool stories I would get just from talking to all of you. And maybe that'll become a feature on season two as well, talking about conversations that I've had with some of you. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how that'll work. It's a great idea, though. Just thought of it.
1: We'll figure it out.
0: Um. So thank you. Thank you for your support. It really means the world to me. I'm so thankful that I get to do this. Um. Please don't forget that we have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash girlfound. Found allows you to support us in this continued um, endeavor. Uh, The more you support, the more cool shit you get from us. Um, But also, in in addition to cool merch and access to early episodes and episodes that don't air, you get to see the reward of helping us further this podcast um, and, and share it with more and more people. Uh, We'd like to increase advertising. We'd like to um, have more help editing so that we can get more episodes out to you. Um, There are lots of exciting things that we want to do with this podcast, and your support allows us to do those. Don't forget, we have an Instagram, girlfoundpod. It's the only one that's different because Girl Found was already taken. Uh, I have launched a Twitter as of tonight. Uh, Go check it out. Um, it's gonna be Girl Found or Girl Found Pod. If you can't find one, I'm sure you'll find the other. Hopefully Girl Found isn't taken. We'll see. Um, and don't forget that if you want to ask us a question, you can message us, uh, tweet us, uh, message us on Patreon, DM us on Instagram, any of those things. But you can also message us on anchor.fm forward slash girlfound. That is our homepage. That is our host for the website. And it's one of the quickest ways that we can connect with you. Stay tuned for season two release date. Um, check back on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Patreon, and the Anchor for updates on when season two is being released. Thank you once again for supporting Girl Found. I'm Evan.
1: And I'm Caroline.
0: And thanks for listening. We love you.